0: can't do this alone. No, I'm not insulting your capabilities. I'm being real with you because I don't want you to be held back by the glass ceiling created by ignoring the people side of your business. I've been in the trenches helping entrepreneurs navigate all those, oh shit, I'm the boss now moments. You know, the ones where you realize you're the one in charge, you're the adult in the room, but you're not in this alone. I hope this show convinces you of the dormant power of your team. Welcome to the podcast free of stuffy corporate jargon. After all, your business doesn't come with the bullshit red tape of a Fortune 500 company. Here, you'll be encouraged and motivated to test, try, fail, and fix fast. You'll laugh, you'll learn, and you'll feel seen and heard. Most importantly, you'll walk away with the tools you need to pour into your team and build a thriving culture that opens up the door to the scale your business deserves. Welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. Today we have a guest who is probably an unexpected title champion. His name is Zach Arend, and he is a former two-time saddle bronc riding champion. So basically a cowboy, and he's won awards for it. He's a husband, dad to three girls, and a resonance coach for established and successful creatives and entrepreneurs. He helps leaders lead their dream team and really just become the fully expressed leader that they know they are. And he does this through workshops, masterminds, speaking, and also he has his own podcast. Today on the episode, we talk about the three commitments that leaders should make when all of a sudden, really, when they find themselves in a position of, you know, they've started this business and all of a sudden they're like, oh, I now am like, in my business, I'm not doing the creative work that I want to, or I'm not, I'm really not enjoying the work that I have to do because now all of a sudden I have this successful business, which of course is wonderful. But a lot of times, once you get to that level, you just are like not enjoying the work. So you're wondering, do I even want to do this anymore? Or do I not? And on this episode, we talk about three things you can do when you find yourself in that situation. So, so excited to dive in. So, without Further ado, let's listen into my convo with Zach. Well, welcome back to Oh shit. I'm the boss now. I'm your host, Jackie, and I have a really fun guest. A guest who I randomly met on Instagram, which I love. I feel like that's so normal now. It used to feel so weird that your Instagram friends become your real real life virtual friends, but that's the case with us. And I'm so grateful that we've been able to connect and and just share stories and and just be thought leaders for each other. And so today we have Zach on the show. Thank you so much for joining. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: Thanks, Jackie. Yeah, I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So now the roles are reversed. I was on your podcast and I was like, well, now you got to come on my podcast. We're going to dive into a lot of things on this episode. But first, I think what's so critical is that listeners... Know a little bit about your background and what you do now, because it's a really interesting uh, road that you, know pun intended, you took to get here.
1: Yeah, well, it is. And I like to start with when I was 11 years old, I was team roping in the rodeo, uh, like the county fair rodeo. And I wasn't a real cowboy growing up, though. We lived in a small town. Um, I worked at my mom and dad's grocery store. We didn't have cattle or live out on a ranch or anything like that. And I didn't even want to do the whole horse thing and rodeo thing, but my mom, Lisa, was really into it. And so she'd take me to these rodeos and we were at a rodeo and I saw my friend Travis and he, he was crawling on the back of a, a giant Clydesdale horse, like the Budweiser commercial. And I saw him nod his head and that chute gate opens. I don't know if, um, if, if you're listening, if you've ever been to a rodeo. And so the gate opens and Travis rides the horse all the way to the buzzer, cr- the crowd's applauding. And I was like, that's what I want to do that that's what I want to do. This roping stuff's boring. And so my mom gets his dad, Travis's dad, Bruce, started to train me. And I get on the back one of those Bronx and I get thrown on the ground. That first Saturday, I'm thrown 20 times. Next Saturday, I'm back at it thrown 20 more times. And, you know, all these years now, Bruce, I remember him coming to me and saying, Zach, you're gonna have to learn to slow everything down and stay in the process. Well, two years go by of two years of working with Bruce, I broke my hand, ankle and collarbone. And I still had it. I still hadn't made it to the eight second buzzer. So it's two years of just falling flat on my butt. Is that
0: the goal? Is the goal eight seconds?
1: Yeah. So two years of, of complete nutter failure. How old are you again? Well, now I'm 16. So this two years in, 16 years old. That's I'm a at hard na- time
0: to fail that often. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we're at a we're at another rodeo, and Thunderstruck is playing in the background. So I, it's my turn to go next. I climb over the back of the chute, and I drop down on this horse, and put my feet in the stirrups, and nod my head. And I'll never forget it. It was like every jump, I was in perfect timing. Everything slowed way down. And before I know it, I hear the buzzer and the crowd's applauding. And now I'm on my feet. And all I can remember is looking over in the stands and I saw my mom. She Like any mom, she's on her feet, both fists straight up in the air, screaming at the top of her lungs. You know, I did it. And I I went on to become two-time state champion. Amazing. I haven't really shared that story with many people for the longest time for, it was like 10 years. I packed it all up. I went into corporate America, did leadership, never really told people my past, but I started reflecting more on, and it reminded me who I was. It's been 18 years now since I've gotten on the back of a Bronc. I don't really even ride horses. We pretty much live in the city, but what's really cool is I I get the same thrill I got riding Bronx as I do now getting to coach my clients who are a lot of creatives and artists right brain business owners on their wild rides of, of building their business. And so many of them, they, they start their business. Their passion just turns into a business before they know it, it takes off. And then before they know it, they're just kind of stuck in the drudgery of running Mm -hmm. the business. That's kind of like the, the, the title of your podcast, like, Oh shit, I'm the boss. Now I have people that have to lead and manage. And I don't really like this stuff. Mm -hmm. I like to create, I like to be the visionary. And so they know they can keep doing what they're doing. They just don't know what else to do. And so I coach around resonance, helping them really slow down, stay in their own process, learn to trust their own process and really get what they need to be the best that they can be and find an approach that really works for them. So that's, that's the work I get to do today with my clients.
0: Amazing. Well, I have to ask, do you have like a a bar trick? Like if you go to Texas and you're like out at a country bar, do you just randomly hop on the the mechanical bull and like totally shock all of your friends?
1: Yes, that. I love that. Um, Mechanical bulls are so fun. And yeah, if there's ever, there's a bar here. I'm in Kansas City and there's a bar called the PBR bar. Of course. You're making me want to go back. (laughs) I haven't been there for years, but the mechanical bull, I remember in college, shocked everybody because I got on that thing. And yeah, it's kind of like riding a bike.
0: One thing that I would love to unpack with you and that we've talked a bit about as we've just, you know, gotten to know each other is I find myself working with similar types of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. in a different capacity. So usually not creatives, but somebody who either has a service or um, has this idea for this startup. And they start doing the thing and then all of a sudden they need to hire people and they find themselves kind of falling into the boss seat. I don't think that a lot of people, there's some people who like go to business school who want to be managers, but I think the majority of managers who, and leaders who become bosses do it kind of by accident um, mm-hmm. sometimes, or all of a sudden they, it's a surprise when they have to start leading folks. And so I'd love to know, like, as your coaching client, some of your clients, what are some of the common themes that tend to show up across them? Like, what are, are there some themes that you, maybe there's a handful that, that always kind of creep up that you tend to work on the most?
1: Yeah. What you just said is a perfect segue, because that's what I experienced too. You know, I never, I never was taught how to be a leader. I didn't go to school for this stuff. Um, And I haven't even really read a leadership book. And Oftentimes when, when people begin to come to work with me, the the stakes feel so much higher. They have, they, they've started to build a team. The sales keep coming. They're overwhelmed and they're just, they're so fearful of making a wrong move now in the business. It's kind of like, I've got this now and I don't want to mess it up. And how do I know what to do next? That's the big question. What do I do now? What they're all doing oftentimes is they're looking out there out, uh, externally for the answers. what What's the right way to do this? Um, what should I be doing? Uh, that's how they're talking to themselves. And it, it it can be exhausting. The big shift that I see so many of them make is no longer looking externally, trying to please others, because that's the other thing, is they kind of get stuck in trying to build their business, trying to take care of themselves. But now they have a team, so they're pleasing. They're trying to make everyone happy, and it's exhausting mm. for them. And um. One of the biggest shifts that you can make if you find yourself in that position is to learn to lead from within more. Because far too often we get stuck into leading externally, taking our cues from everybody else, what what the world says we should be doing, what Instagram, the other business owners, the even even business coaches, they come on and they 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 put their ads out there like, Are you doing this? You should be doing that. And it's just like a flood of like, I don't know what to do. I'm paralyzed. And so just learning to listen to well, what do I need right now that I'm not getting? What's not working for me? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the bit, And starting to just look at it and not avoid it, but then lean into it and learn to trust your gut, learn to trust your own process. That's probably the biggest shift. I had a client the other day just tell me, she's like, you know, I used to listen to this type of podcast and I used to f- be in this course. I'm not even interested in that anymore because I'm too energized by what I'm creating and what I'm building. And, and it's just, it's, it's freeing to be focused more on who I'm being as a leader versus all the X's and O's and the shoulds and shouldn'ts. And it, that's exhausting. So that's, I don't know if I answered yeah. your question, but that's yeah, the did. biggest shift that I see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I guess as a follow-up question to that is you do coaching and, you know, a operations coaching, like you you coach in a lot of different capacities versus just leadership coaching and, and, um, as it relates to like team coaching, but I guess I'm curious, do the majority of people reach out to hire a coach for something particular like marketing or operations and then find themselves needing to focus on the team or I'm trying to figure out when, at what point. Does somebody in their business, because you work with companies that that have quite a bit of revenue, so they have grown, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is is the team and leadership um, needs as visible in their face as some of the other things, or is that something that you tend to like bring light to and, and help them see?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question my business has grown through referrals really only you know I just actually I was telling you before we got on started this episode I just launched my website today literally today it came live I was hoping Yay. it'd be live for our episode but um so it's been referral only and what these leaders they are usually the founder the CEO of the business they're very creative they're very talented these I've so blessed that the 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 men and women I get to work with they're just so inspirational in what they can do and from a creative aspect they are finding themselves losing that spark that passion like they're just so stuck in the business they're actually wondering is this even what i really want to be doing is this because
0: they're makers a lot of times yeah. right yeah
1: they're 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 artists or potters jewelers mm-hmm. and so they love designing and creating but now all of a sudden they're running a business and it's just exhausting them that more sales just equals more stress and they're like i don't know if i even want to grow so it's not they don't come to me like how to grow usually Hmm. it's about more about how do i find a sustainable approach so it's been a really personal journey for many of them like they're not they're wanting help they're wanting somebody to help them navigate this growth because they're starting to get into seven figures they're doing there's so many things for the first time so and you're right. I do work with some leadership teams around strategic planning and and getting getting clarity and setting their vision. And what oftentimes comes up, just as my profession, there's real things that we do to get in our own way, right? There's limiting beliefs. There's there's how we see ourselves. We don't we don't change how we sh- until we see ourselves differently. We can't behave differently. We can't we can't take on that true CEO visionary role if we continue to see ourselves as as just the maker or just the doer, it's hard to, mm. you know, the saying goes, it's hard to be the chief cook and bottle washer too. You've got to find a way to let go. And what I think is the most fun is watching people give themselves permission to actually pursue what they really desire. Because, you know, we've been conditioned to think, well, success needs, it's hard, it's sacrifice, it's work. And so if, if all of a sudden what I'm doing no longer feels like work and it's fun, well, something must be wrong. And so- helping them have the courage to actually let go of that busyness and just allow, just do what you love to do because everybody in the business um, benefits from it. It, it yeah. is the rising tide that lifts all boats.
0: Totally. So without giving away all of your your trade secrets, are there like a couple tips that you could give listeners to if they're in that seat and they're coming to you where they're like, my business is making so much money. I'm out like yeah. it's going great, but I hate it. Like I don't know that I want to keep doing it. Like, you know what? Like where do they start to try to like work through that part? Like where they're at, I guess, and yeah. come out the other
1: side. Yeah, um, really good. So there's three commitments that I often teach um, when I'm speaking, and the first commitment that you and I, we, we all have to make, if we're going to continue to build into our vision and, and grow, and that is articulate and focus on what you want, because so often we don't do that. We get so focused on what we don't want, what we're avoiding and the what we're, what we're paranoid about the weaknesses and uh, the threats and all that we get so totally. focused on that. And that just feels like a weight on our back. You know, I, we're doing the rodeo thing. I was in college. I had a full ride scholarship in college to do the rodeo thing. And I remember, um, coming back from my first college rodeo, we were watching tape, you know, like football, you'd watch the tape, the replay. And I had a big old black eye that the weekend did not go well for me, but my coach, he comes to me and he would push play on the tape and he just looks at me. He's like, what happened? And you'd watch the tape and you'd see me getting thrown off the horse head first into the fence. And he rewind, he rewinds it. He pauses it and he's like, where's your head? And I look and I'm like, what are you talking about? Where's my head? He's like, where are you looking? I'm like, oh, the fence. He's like, yeah, and that's <laughs> right where you went. And so that is the lesson here is where yeah. you focus, you're going to go. So if you're focused on what you're avoiding, in a way, it's inviting more of that to you. And there's really three, three positions we can take as leaders. Re- reactive, we can be reactive and we can... Kind of show up and let let our business hit us, just come at us. Life is happening to us, um, in in many ways. That's kind of the victim position. So we're very reactive, and mm-hmm. a lot of business owners, and we all have been there. Like we're not perfect. Like I I was there was a moment this morning I was very reactive. I was running mm-hmm. late, and, you know. But then we start to shift into being more responsive. So we start responding but we're there's just that consciousness of okay how do i want to respond to this but the biggest opportunity and this is where articulate and focus on what you want really comes into play is that creative focus so showing up more creatively creative that's all about what do i want to see here what's the result the outcome that i would love to see as a next next thing uh, if yeah. this isn't working well, well then what do i want and what would be my next step to creating that that creative stance, that is what that means is seeing past the problems of today and creating the future we ultimately want. That is the toughest work, but that's where all the magic is. So that's the number one commitment that I, I really help individuals focus on because that's where the gold is, is trusting your own creative process.
0: For sure. And I love that. And I imagine that when you do get to that, I feel like moving from reactive to responsive is a little bit of just a choice, right? Yes. It's like I'm going to choose that that I'm going to start being more responsive instead of reacting to everything. It, it's it's a little bit more of a choice. You it does take work. It takes some trying, but it's kind of just a choice and a decision. And then when you move to you know that that third stage that you mentioned of creating, mm-hmm. that takes a little bit of trial and error. I have to imagine that it's not just a choice. Now it's like, okay, this is what it, well, you're making a choice because you want to decide what you want to happen. But then you're going into territory you've never been in, I imagine sometimes. So you're like, I'm going to try it this way and see how it works. And then you'll be like, Ooh, that didn't go so good. I'm going to try this. Is that what a lot of the work you do with clients is like building some of those trial and error things?
1: you said that really well, learning to embrace that, because that is, that is being an entrepreneur. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you're, oh, shit, I'm the boss. Now, I'll say it a different way. Nobody else is coming. That can be the biggest weight on your back, or it could be the coolest life. You're like, oh, yeah, no one else is coming. Totally. Now we have to get really comfortable. It sounds like a cliche, comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, That's thrown around. But that is walking into the land of uncertainty is what it means to build a business because you've more than likely never done it before. I'm like the people listening to this episode probably have haven't really done what they're setting out to do. That's not our audience. I don't think. Mm -mm. And so learning to see everything you do is just a series of experiments. The word experiment I've been playing with, with clients every time they hear like, yeah, like just hearing the word experiment. I like playing with words because when we see what we're doing as an experiment versus What's the right or wrong way of doing it? Well, we have to experiment to get to know. We have yeah. to know. We so want to know. But the only way to that proof of knowing is through faith. We have to just learn. We have to learn to trust our instincts because that's all we have. Uh, or we could spend yeah. hours reading everybody else's biography and books. But I just think that's.
0: It's good to you get ideas, but then you got to you got to try on the pants to yeah. see if they fit you, you know, for sure. I agree with that. Okay, so you gave us the first thing that you, you tell them, and it's the commitment. What is there a second that you were going to share?
1: So yes, it it is revolutionize communication and stop rescuing your team. So I'm speaking to those that have a team, which is your audience. Riding horses, I was team roping. My mom um, met Bruce for the first time. I was 11 years old, and he invited me to spend a week on his ranch with him and his son Travis. They were going to teach me how to teach me how to team rope and be a cowboy. And my mom that night told me, she's like, Bruce invited you. And I'm like, mom, come on now. Now what do you want me to do? So she takes me <laughs> to Bruce's and drops me off. And the Bruce comes into the kitchen. My mom had left and he comes in charging. in. he's like, all right, boys, go saddle up your horse. Meet me in the arena in 15 minutes. We're going to start practice. And I looked over at Travis. I'm like, what did he say? Well, go get your horse. We're going to start practice. Well, my mom always saddled my own horse. I never saddled my horse before. And then Bruce doesn't know that he ain't going to do it for me. I'm not going to ask him. And so that day I saddled my horse. And I remember riding a little taller in the saddle when I rode into the arena and my mom never had to saddle my horse again. And that is what I'm, when I say revolutionize the communication, we care so much for people uh, as leaders, And what that turns into, though, is we kind of become their caretaker. We take that caringness and turn it into coddling them. Um, We'll saddle their horse for them. Thank Mm -hmm. God Bruce didn't saddle my horse because that was the greatest gift he gave me. And so as leaders, if you're leading a team, one of the greatest gifts you can give your team is to expect more of them.
0: I love that so much. So true.
1: I'm in rooms with leadership teams often and somebody in the room inevitably is struggling. They're overwhelmed. They're kind of wits end. They have nothing to give. Sometimes they're even in tears. Oftentimes they're in tears. They've had it. And they're like, I just can't keep doing this anymore. And what I see happen next, if you're listening, I want, can you see this play out in your teams? Usually the leader or somebody in the room quickly jumps up and they go looking for a tissue. And they hand that person who's struggling a tissue. And then they say, it's, it's okay. You just, you know, just take the rest of the day off or just, we'll help you out with that. It'll be okay. Just take a break. And then they dry their tears. The, the moment passes. Four weeks later goes, and, and we're right back to the same spot we were. And as a coach, I'm sitting in the room like, oh my God, will you stop handing people tissues? Like, let them cry. Because I know that, that through pain is where change really happens um my wife in the car the other day we were Andy Grammer has a song called I Wish You Pain she's like I think of you every time I hear the song I'm like thanks babe but um <laughs> there's gold in those moments where the tears are coming and as a leader don't rescue them don't don't hand them the tissue let them cry let them let it because when you're handing them a tissue you're telling them hey clean yourself up like it's a, a, okay because in that moment of those tears you could ask them well, what, what do you need right now that you're really not getting? What would have to change for you to not to feel this pressure? Because that's the moment a breakthrough is about to occur if you let it. But when we rescue people, people never get to grow up and, and be responsible. So that's, that's an example.
0: You offered a way to be empathetic. Yeah. Because I feel like somebody lists, I was going to ask you, I'm like, well, you also don't want to be like, like, buckle up like <laughs> get yeah. over it. And and I think what you just provided there is an opportunity to be empathetic and understanding while also letting them work through it because yeah. just almost like dismissing it like what you said doesn't solve the problem. Like the problem is still going to come back. So like we you got to go through hard times as a team together to come out the other side and and eliminate the problem. Um, and so asking yeah. those questions is huge sometimes you'll have team members who are like unwilling to have these conversations. And then that's when you look in, I don't know about you or if you've seen this in your teams, I guess I will ask you like, do you, have you ever been in teams where there's people who are just unwilling to like have these conversations with the rest of their teams?
1: Meaning they're unwilling to open up and say they're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that can be a multitude of reasons, but here's the thing. Like, like, oh shit, I'm the boss now, meaning no one else is coming, you're responsible for creating that environment. And so when I'm coaching, I coach the individual and we always focus on what, how are we contributing to that. So for sure, some people are going to be more, more or less likely to share, but as the leader, we have to take responsibility of that to a to a degree, not take it all on, but we need to ask ourselves, what might I be doing to contributing to that person not being open and honest with me and not being vulnerable um and some simple things is are you creating space to just talk or are you always in a mad dash in a meeting going through the or are you just sitting down with a cup of coffee and it's sometimes how are you doing and sometimes mm-hmm. you might have to do that a couple of times before people's like oh i think she cares about me i think he cares about me maybe i will open up and say i'm really struggling it, it just like in any relationship it, it requires an yeah. investment so for sure, some people are unwilling to share, but then asking questions, learn to ask more instead of tell and direct people. And just learning to ask, well, what do you think? Well, what's going on for you? And and then being quiet, let the silence sit, give them time to answer because that's so often, it's counterintuitive. We don't do that enough.
0: Yeah, totally. So it was the second one. Do you, do you got a third one?
1: I do. Um, Commitment number three is, really learn to engage with resonance. And we've been talking about that throughout today, learning to lead from the inside out. Because if you continue to focus on changing yourself to please everyone around you, you're going to be miserable. And we've got to learn to trust our own process. And there's one, there's something that I I offer. If, if you're listeners, there's a resource that I, I just created. It's a, a three-part video series on what I call the number one, habit of most effective CEOs. And I'm calling it CEO time. Um, I didn't come up with that name. My clients started calling it. It's one of the first things I teach all my clients, CEO time. And in this three-part video series, I, I walk you through exactly how you can create space for yourself. There's a beautiful poem by Judy Bloom. I think. I think I might have the author wrong, but there's a line in the poem. She says, the fire burns because of the space between the logs. Mm. and we don't create enough space as business owners and leaders for ourselves so we never even get a check-in for with ourselves what's true for us what's really within us that's wanting to be created or what do we need that we're not getting that rep that ceo time isn't getting all strategic and and it's it's literally sometimes going on a walk or meditating or going to the gym or just doing what you love to do creating some space for yourself and yeah. i walk people through how to do that and then how to how to communicate that to their team so that they, cause what happens when you do that, you usually feel a lot of guilt when you're off, not working and everybody else is, and you're trying to just create some space and breathe. Now you got to feel all the anxiety and guilt and all those uncomfortable emotions. Cause you're not busy. Yep. And that's where the work is, but learning to sit totally. with that is the biggest opportunity you have.
0: Amazing. Well, well, do they, do listeners get that link or on your website or where, where's the video series?
1: Yeah, so they can go to my website, www.zackarron.com forward slash habit.
0: Amazing. We'll link it in the show notes for sure. That's awesome. That'll be a great series for sure. Because creating spaces is hard. And it, a lot of it's the mindset around it. Sometimes it's the clients and the work and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, that that's really great. Those are three great places to start if you are finding all of a sudden you're removed from the parts of the business you love and you're overwhelmed and not sure if you even want to keep a business anymore. Those are really great tips. So thank you so much for sharing those. As we get close to kind of wrapping up, um, you mentioned something that I think is so critical and we'll probably have to do another podcast episode on this someday. But you mentioned about it's so important for the leader to figure out who they're being and how they're showing up to work. And one thing that I find super interesting about that, which I don't know if we've ever talked about, but I worked at Lululemon for about five five years and we had, Lululemon had this, it was called the practice of leadership and it was different levels of leadership and, and the foundation was always leading yourself and there was different things you would work on that everyone started at, regardless if you had people that were reporting to you or not. And then there was leading others and it like build built on some other things like, um, communication, like influence, stuff like that. And then the final one was leading organization. How do you drive the business forward? And all of them were ways of being ways of showing up for your team members and in your business. And I know that's something you coach your, your clients on quite a bit. Um, and, I am curious, any thoughts or, or any pro tips or, or things you'd like to share with listeners about that? Because I do think that's, you can read any book you want, but it's who you are day in and day out that yeah. is running your business.
1: Yeah. You know, there, there's a exercise I do. And so I have a workshop that I'll be hosting. And I haven't set the date yet at the time of this recording, but it's going to be sometime in January. Amazing. Um, I'm calling it the Fully Expressed Leader. And it's it's all about who you're being. As a leader, as an expression of who you are, and one of the practices I do with my clients is is around core values. Now, in a different way, I, it's about being those core values. So, for example, I'm going to share my core values. So i've I've been spending a lot of time thinking about who I'm being, and my one of my core values was growth, and you know, putting my nose up against the dragon and pushing and doing all the hard things. And I started to ask myself, like, is that really what I want going forward? Like, do I want life to be a struggle all the time? Do I always want to be putting myself at the bottom of an- another mountain? And and I still think the answer is, yes, I think so. Uh, <laughs> but I'm shifting away from – it's less about that. And my three values I landed on were love. Because I started thinking, you know, I, there's this thing of, inside of me about loving others and, and really loving people deeply, loving myself. Um, that's a mm. that's a whole, to be, you have to learn to love yourself. That That's a whole episode probably, which, yeah. but learning to love. And so that's what love is for me, is learning to not have that imposter syndrome and not trying to always prove myself. So love. And then the next one was creation. Um, I use the word creation. I like to to be the noun. So, and then the last one is abundance. So I have a, a, I am love. And so if you're listening, what are your core values? What are, what are some traits, adjectives that you love about you or love about others? If somebody you, you know, on Instagram or somebody you follow that inspires you, what about them inspires you? What are the adjectives that you would describe them? The reason that's important is because that's who you are. You wouldn't recognize that in someone else if you didn't have it yourself. Mm. So maybe it's just gosh, this Jackie Coke, She's so damn courageous. You know, she's always putting out new content. I love how she's just out there. She's courageous, and so writing down those adjectives, but then turning them into a noun and being it. I am courage. I am creation. I am abundance. Just I. If you're listening, try it on. Like say it out loud and just let yourself be that for a moment. And now mm-hmm. imagine if if as you step into your business and as you face some of the challenges and stuff and you, you come from that place, what might be different about how you show up and how you how you work through things?
0: I love that because there's no shortage of. People on the internet telling you how to be a good leader, myself mm-hmm. included. I have a lot of opinions, but at the end of the day, and I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you do too. But like at the end of the day, you have to, by deciding who you are gonna be, you're also deciding who you're not gonna be. And then you can tell your team that. And then they're not confused. They know how to, it just it helps with the communication, um, and it doesn't mean you have to be a dick or a jerk or anything like that. But it it does. You can't be all things to everyone. And so, what what are the the handful of things that you you are choosing to be and, and how you want to show up? I think
1: is so important. Yeah. Well said, Jackie.
0: This has been so great. Thank you so much for coming on the the show. I think. There's a, there's a lot of listeners who are in the same place. They may not be makers and, and maybe they're not, you know, I think there's a lot of folks who listen to the show who, who have businesses that maybe it wasn't a passion project, but all of a sudden they're still in the business and they're like, why am I even doing this? I'm exhausted and unsure where to go. And I think the three commitments that you shared are such great starting points and I'm so excited for listeners to go and watch your your video series and and see what comes of that and, and what could change for them in their business so thank you so much for being on the show we will make sure that by the time this airs we link you to the workshop you're hosting because right. I think that's a huge huge opportunity to get to work with you and explore if maybe a long-term relationship is something that their listeners are interested in so I guess Leads me to my final question for you is like, how can listeners find out more about working with you and um, get to know you a bit more outside of your, your workshop that you're hosting?
1: Yeah, I would direct them to my website, uh, www.zackerrand.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show and listeners. Thanks for tuning in as always. And we'll chat again soon.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Jackie.
0: of the power of people, I'd be honored to read your written review of this show. If you enjoyed what you heard and have suggestions on how to make this show more impactful, please show your support by taking a few minutes to let me know what you think. See you next time.